0: The game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production.
1: Jets Nation, Eric Allen, and Bart Scott here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park. We're also joined right off the bat by Jets rookie receiver Chad Hanson. Chad, thank you so much for joining us. A.K.A. Yeah, Chad Handsome. Uh, Chad <laughs> Handsome, huh? You got a new nickname for him, <laughs> huh?
0: That's a spoof off, uh, off, of, off the boondocks. Okay. You, you, your street cred ain't, ain't deep enough to know about Chris Handsome.
1: Uh, all right, take
0: it easy there. All right, Chad. <laughs>
1: First three receptions as a pro against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Unfortunately, it came in a loss. But what I want to know, and Bart might be able to help us out with this, is what do you do with that first ball? Where Uh, does that go?
2: I I gave it to the ref. Yeah, you gave no, it to the yeah, ref? Nobody takes said, that? It's nothing no, historical no. about
1: the first catch. First catch in the National Football it's League? First, first
0: touchdown. type <laughs> thing. It is the yes, first yeah, touchdown? First dunk? touchdown. All right, fine. EA celebrate the little things. Yeah, but. of course.
1: You gotta, so
0: he yeah. still has his first tricycle, his first big wheel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Bart Scott, so
1: your first career interception?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. That's the interception. All that's, right, fine. That's like a game changer play. They actually.
1: All right, listen. The <laughs> guy had
0: three receptions. I'm giving him credit here. I appreciate that. it. Yeah. yeah, thank you. You got thank your feet you. wet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's important, man. Uh, how was the nerves going into the game? Uh, what did you expect? Did it, you know, was the game faster? Um, did you see the game well? You know, tell tell everybody about the experience. Your first game. It had to be some nerves, some jitters. Did you call home, tell mom, hey, I think this the <laughs> week. I'm gonna get something done. Check it. <laughs>
2: I mean you know well I guess I guess going in to every week you sort you sort of have those those pregame jitters just because you know you you wake up and you play in the NFL for a living and yeah, that's man. you know that's just a crazy thought and it's just you know something you've been working at your whole life and um, but yeah going I mean going into this game I knew that I was going to get a lot more playing time than normal yep. um, you know I, I think that uh, I, I like to be calm before the games and that's that's something that I like to do and not work myself up Um so yeah, I think I think I just went out there, um tried to have as much fun as I could and you know, we didn't we didn't go down there and get the W like we wanted to, but um I think there's a lot of things that we can learn from and and uh you know, work towards uh in the weeks to come.
1: Our player guest segment is presented by M&T Bank, the official community <laughs> bank of your New York Jets. Chad Hansen joins us here at Vanderbilt. Chad Ch- Hansen, man. We changed his name. <laughs> you can call him that. <laughs> I'm going to go with Hansen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits, you actually were in on 70% of the snaps. You knew you were going to get a lot more playing time because Jeremy Curley suspended for four games. That was the first of his uh, four-game suspension. Um, How different was practice throughout the week?
2: Well, I mean, I just you know got a lot more reps. Like you said, I mean, seventy percent of the snaps. I didn't, I didn't know that. You didn't know that. Huh? I didn't know that. I did not know that. But yeah, going into this week, I knew that I had to be sharp and and uh, just just to just to get the trust and and. Uh, of the coaches and the guys and all that, so. R- rookie, but, man, I tell you, I got to yeah. coach him
0: up. First of all, the first thing you have to do is pull Josh aside, and ask him, do we want to eat donuts, any donuts, any any breakfast or anything? Uh-huh. You got you to you butter up. You gotta the smooth, deal, yeah. yeah, you got to smooth <laughs> up to the quarterback, man. You got to say, hey, this man, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say I do your job. So but but you're I'm, probably, I'm, I'm killing this guy every time. I, I don't know if you're reading it, but I'm killing this guy every time.
1: <laughs> uh, but you're probably or, making catches on the practice field, but that's got to go a long way. Uh, for your confidence now that you were able to take it on the field and actually get a few receptions.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's it's huge for my confidence. And I think it's it's also huge um, for the confidence that quarterback Josh McCown and, and all the coaches have in me. Um, you know, I, I think I went out there and showed that I could play. Um, and, you know, the moment's not too big. And you know, I think I think that's that's a good base to build off of, and hopefully it's just up from here. Now,
1: Curley was playing predominantly the slot. He also could play outside the numbers. So Your comfort level playing both inside and outside?
2: Yeah, pretty comfortable. Yeah. Um, you know, throughout my career though, I was I was predominantly an outside receiver. Right. Um, so that's something that I've had to learn. Being here is being able to play both uh, inside and outside, and I think that's something that's that's come along. And um, you know, I, th- I think it's I think it's been really good to add that to um my repertoire
0: explain to the listeners what the difference is because you talk about being in a slot you know you're with a a, with a quicker defender but Mm -hmm. also he can't really put his hands on you opposed to being out to a side where you have the sideline you can get an outside release or inside release because he's usually generally playing some type of leverage
2: yeah it's definitely tough I mean the coverages are all different um based on being inside outside you you got to know um you know where the defender is as as a receiver on the outside you know the corner is the guy that's covering you right um on the inside you got to you got to recognize if it's the safety or if it's the outside linebacker something like that so you got to be able to you know read that and um react off that and that's uh you know that's one of the things as as like you, you were saying earlier but um you know the other thing is being able to uh, work in space, work in tight places, and that's something that you got to learn. Um, being a slot receiver, and um, it's 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 uh, it's definitely different. Yeah, we,
1: we see a, a lot of different guys operating inside the slot. Sometimes smaller, quick twitch guys, and then. You add some height to the position, mm. so you can use that to your advantage over the middle, don't you think?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think I add a you know a big body, a big target right. for for Josh um, coming over the middle. I think that's that's a change up to you know the smaller, quicker guys. Is
1: Curly a guy who's been able to help you make your pro transition?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, all the all the vet receivers, um, but yeah, definitely Curly. He he definitely helped um, me think about the position differently um, because he goes about it differently knowing that that position is different than the outside. So he, he helped me think about it differently.
1: Offensively, Chad, uh, Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what happened Because we've come to expect the Jets with fast starts. Mm-hmm. You hadn't trailed in, uh, at the half since all the way back in week 2 against the Oakland Raiders over the past 5 games entering that ball game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you had not trailed at any time during mm-hmm. the first half so what happened against the bucks that took you guys out of your rhythm early
2: yeah well i mean they're they're a good team you know but i think i think we were just a little bit stagnant in offense and that's that's something that we got to clean up and and definitely the penalties that's that was that was a huge uh, factor in this game and um, you know the coaches address that and that's definitely something we need to clean up
0: enough of the, uh, the downer stuff so <laughs> how, how are you how are you approaching your your bye week this is your first bye week you know you're from the from the west coast are you going to go all the way back to to the west coast or are you going to you know, explore New York as you know you're new um, bachelor here in New York, New York City. You know, a lot to explore for a young bachelor like yourself. you got the Knicks games going on. you got mm-hmm. the the Nets. How's your experience? Well, how's your bi-week going to be, and, and what do you anticipate doing and learning, or how much work is going to involve?
2: Well, I'm I'm definitely going back uh, to the West Coast. Oh, gotta, nice. <laughs> yeah, got to hang out uh, there, Homeset? see the family. Uh, no, not really. Just, you know, got to go home, recharge the batteries, uh, get away a little bit, Um I think that's, that's what I've been told is, is what the bye week is for. Yep. Um, you know, be able to recharge, um, not get totally away because we have a game coming up in a couple of weeks Correct. against a really good Panthers team. But, um, you know, just being able to get away, uh, hang out with family, and, um, you know, relax a little bit. What was that Cal
1: atmosphere uh, experience like, I should say, at Berkeley? Because, yes, I don't even want to talk about the field just yet what about your studies and how demanding it was going to a place like Berkeley?
2: Oh, it's extremely difficult. I mean, it's, it's the classes are, are extremely difficult. The, uh, you know, everything that, everything has to be, you have to give 110% everything. And it's, it's, it's really tough. I mean, because you'll have practice, but you know that you have, you know, a midterm and, and essays that you have to write after that. So, um, you, you really do have to put your full effort into um, all, the, all the studies and not every, every, all the classwork that you do. So it, it was – it was Now, you took universal tough. studies, correct? <laughs> universal – no. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell them what you majored in. <laughs> 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 legal
0: studies. So. Legal, oh, legal, oh. Legal, legal studies. Yeah. And, and,
1: and <laughs> what,
2: what did you take from that experience? Uh, I, I took that. I, I don't. I don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> That's what I figured out. Yeah, you work hard
0: now, man. Lawyers, man. I tell you what, That's man. They are always on the clock.
1: Uh, exactly.
2: Um, you
1: weren't on a lot of people's radar, frankly. Maybe at this point last year at mm-hmm. Cal, what what happened last year for you as you took off? You became such a productive receiver. Uh, for the Bears, and then eventually worked yourself into the draft, where the New York Jets took you in the fourth round.
2: Mm. Well, I mean, I think it's just consistent hard work, and I think that's something that I pride myself on, and and being able to to go in day in day out and put in as much work as is needed to to beat the opponent. And I think that's that's something that I did all year long, and and. Uh, you know, I'm just lucky that the Jets noticed that.
1: What about the differences in the offensive systems that you were running at Cal, mm-hmm. and now what you're seeing with John Morton here in the NFL?
2: Oh, it's it's extremely different. It's it's night and day. I mean, at Cal we ran a spread offense. Everything was hand signals. Uh, you know, you. But but here it's you know sentences, two sentences long, and you got You got to be able to decipher. Um, what your route is, where you're supposed to line up, and, and all that different stuff. So it's it's really different, and it takes takes time. It definitely takes time. You, bring, you
0: bring up an interesting point because, you know, everybody's talking about it. It used to be that the college um, you know, college game was a feeder program, but mm-hmm. it seems now that college is kind of just concerned with college. You know, they're not yeah. really uh, concerned with developing you to the next level. You know, how was that transition? Because when you talk about, you know, a lot of times, you know, the, the viewers, they see the – the offense go up to the line of scrimmage, the quarterback goes through the cadence, then looks to the sideline, and the coach is pretty much doing the thinking for you. But yeah. in the NFL, you have to read, you know, sometimes if the if the safety's rotating down to you, if you have the one-on-one coverage, if you have the side adjustment, and the man reads. So how long did it take you to really understand and, and be able to get caught up to speed? Because, you know, like you said, your offense in college wasn't uh, pro-style offense.
2: It definitely takes some time, and that's one thing that they tell you when you get here, is it's gonna take time, and you're gonna you're gonna have to put in the work because it's not gonna it's not gonna come easy to anybody. And that's I learned that it, it, I figured that out pretty early. But um, you know, I think I'm still learning. Um, you know, different ways to do things better, and, and being able to um, pick up on new things that that the older guys uh, do well. And I, I'm just trying to pick up on that. Did it
1: help be in the same boat as our Darius Stewart? The rookie out of Alabama was drafted one round before you in the third.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we were able to to help each other out, essentially. I mean, it was it was definitely hard for both of us, but you know, we we knew we were going through it together, so um, we were able to help each other out, and and uh, and yeah, I think we're here because of that. Your
1: quarterback at Cal was Davis
2: Webb, mm-hmm. cross yeah. town over cross there town. playing for the Giants,
1: the backup. Maybe, Quart- play, maybe playing pretty soon. Backup yeah. quarterback. <laughs> well, what can you tell us about your relationship with uh, Davis and why you became his number one target at Cal?
2: Well, I mean, he only he was a graduate transfer at Cal, and, and so he was only there for uh, like six months. But in that short period of time, we became really close. And, then, and him coming here or him going to Cal, he knew that or we knew that we had to become close if we were going to be successful. And he knew that he needed me. To get where he wanted to go, and I and vice versa. So, uh, we we Message. definitely have <laughs> we definitely had a great relationship, and we still have a great relationship. I you know go out and hang out all the time. Uh,
1: How's he adjusting to life in the National Football
0: League? I think
2: pretty well. Yeah, uh, pretty well. Yeah. I think it's a little Backup bit difficult.
0: I think it's a little bit more difficult for him right now, being that you know his team is is you know not not living up to expectations, and he's the quarterback, so he's the guy that that they're calling for. You the most popular person on the football team is mm-hmm. the backup quarterback. And, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at that team across town, and I don't know if he wants to step in in that type of situation. It's a tough situation to put a young quarterback in with so many injuries, you know, not to support of a, of a, a strong running game, not to support a, a complement of a healthy offensive line. Right. You know, that, that's a tough situation to put him in. You, my friend, you have a great opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And you, what does a successful three weeks you know, look like, you know, while Curly's away. What, what do you hope to get accomplished in these three weeks uh, so that when you do come back, you still can be worked into to the offense?
2: I mean, you know, just get three wins, really. I mean, just do everything that I can.
0: Well, I'm saying for you. Help. I know yeah. the wins are one thing, yeah. but we have our team goals and we have our individual goals for you these next three weeks. What do you want them to look like? Will you, you know, Josh McCown, would you like to get a couple more balls thrown your way, maybe some mm-hmm. plays designed for you? And um, if so, you know what does a successful three weeks look like?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I, I as a receiver, I want I want you as get, many. You got to you on your chest, yeah. man! Come on now, try exactly. to help you out. Exactly. Get I him mean, the ball,
0: Josh. <laughs> He'll take you out to lunch, I promise.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. I just I I want to be able to go out there and be someone that he can trust and know that when he throws the ball in my direction, I'm going to come down with it. All right, I mean. so
1: just don't keep the ball after any reception across the middle of the field,
0: okay? So disrespectful. <laughs> you know, yeah. but. But did you keep the yeah g- did he kept the balls he caught in warm up too? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> Good things happen to people who come here on Inside the Jets, so watch out for Chad Hansen in the weeks to come. Enjoy Chad handsome. Enjoy your trip <laughs> back to Kelly. Going back oh, yeah. to Kelly. Oh, yeah. uh, and we're gonna come right back here on Inside the Jets. The voice of the Jets, Bob with and will join us. All right, we're back here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park. Eric Allen alongside Bart Scott, and now the voice of the Jets, Bob with shoes, and joins us. Thanks so much. Man, for Jesus up. Christ. Take it easy. <laughs> Take it easy. We are streaming live. Put your live drinks by down. Put your the drinks down. A no, that's, yeah. that's the
3: response I normally get. Shoes. Oh,
1: yeah. uh, how many years is this for you now? As far as play by play of the New York Jets. Seventeen.
3: Seventeen. Yes. Oh, say that again. This is and let me this is an honor tonight. To be on with one of the great frauds oh, in oh, media oh history. My, whoa! I, I gotta tell you, this, this for about. me, this is a big night. Because when Chubby Balding announcer boy it up, would come it up. trotting up to his locker when his uniform was still covered with blood, you should have seen the look that I would get when I would come up and try to interview him. <laughs> I was the walking soundbite. Yeah, right. And now he, he would is, give you the hard, ti- he hard is time. On, he is on the dark side, taking that media I, I, check I, every I, week. I, I, I am a Sith Lord. You know I am mean? very, very impressed that you have this kind of level of hypocrisy hey, and have no problem just flaunting it sometimes, for everyone to see. Hey, sometimes you've got to fake it until
0: you make it. You know what I'm saying? I'm You're doing here. it. I'm trying to get that cheese. So let me tell you something. <laughs> Bob O'Shoeson has
1: a very difficult job on game days because, yes, you and Marty, it's old hat, old school for you guys calling the game. But at the end of that game, you're walking down to a press box and then you go inside a locker room. And after the Jets sometimes lose, unfortunately, like they did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you have to go up to guys and get them on those live spots for the postgame radio show. And guys like Why are you looking at me? Guys like
0: Bart. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. They, they don't want to talk. I always talk to Marty. He never came around. That's not true. Uh, uh. I just talk to quarterback. but Exactly. That's my, that's so my my come, he, yeah. he coming to me third time, you know, third, fourth time. I can't be your fifth option. I just got out the shower. I got it, a towel it, And
1: the other thing about this, Shoes, is that you're in there before the rest of the media. The rest of the media has got a little bit of an easier situation. an environment's easier to handle because – Everybody's asking guys, and there's a group of fifty or sixty. But when you and Marty go in initially, it's just you two guys, and sometimes that is a nasty. Well, awkward. if there's one
3: part of the job you don't like, that's the part of the job you don't like. <laughs> just talking to guys right after a loss. What, well, from your perspective? Well, we won a lot, though. Right, you, you did. Uh, no, there's so no question. We were question. happy for the most part. But how did you view us when we came in? I mean, 30 seconds yeah. after it's you know breaking down. There's no cooling off period. No, I mean, where we are in your grill right. moments, you still have your pads on. Yeah, absolutely. And we're in there talking to you. Well, that's, that's what it is. You know, you still emotionally. it
0: takes so much to get up to play a football game to say, hey, I'm about to run through a a brick wall no matter what happens for the next three hours. You put so much and you invest so much time and energy into it. And then to be defeated is, you know, sometimes you just need an opportunity to collect yourself, an opportunity to kind of talk to your brothers first to calm down and figure out what's going to be the message. But then you guys just kick right in. It's like, man, can I think? Can I take my shoes off? Can I get out? My kids out here waiting for me, and it's a balance. It's a balance act that you have to do. But you know, especially being on this side, I understand the importance because you guys are the communicators. You guys help tell the story.
3: Well, on the flip side too, we are live on the air. Yeah. So I'm th- there's no like I'm gonna get an interview and post it to a blog right. an hour later. No. We need the immediacy. Yeah. I think the players mostly understand that. We, we do agree we mostly. Do. We do. You know, you got a couple
0: guys that you know are outliers, but for the most part, we all get it. You yeah. know, especially coming here in New York. You know, it's, it, this is a difficult place to play. You know, because the media here is like triple the media that I had to deal with in 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 Baltimore. And Baltimore's
3: right? still a pretty big city, right? And, you know, but you talk about this is.
0: Page six, man. It's hot.
3: Outside I remember Herm's, Herm's first or second year, Jack Del Rio's coach at Jacksonville. Yep. Jets play the Jaguars. Old Giant Stadium. Come down the media elevator. Walk right past the visitor's locker room, visitor's media room. Go to the Jet media room. So I remember, and this struck me, looking into the room where Jack Del Rio was going to do his postgame press conference. And there was I'm walking by looking. Probably five people. There's there. like four or five people. Yep. There were two television cameras. And, like, one guy in a Jaguar polo, like, waiting for the coach to come in. Right. Walked down the hallway, went into Herm's postgame press conference. There were 22 television yeah, cameras and at least 50 people in that room, knowing that as soon as Herm was done with his press conference, that horde was all going into the locker room. I mean, I've been to the Super Bowl before. It's not that different. Right. A Jeter giant New York no. City post-game locker room with the number of microphones. If you turn around at your locker yeah. and it kind of then gets broadcast just because you start talking to one or two people, Bart Scott's talking.
0: Then they all roll. Oh, boy. It.
3: it is like the, the flies all of a sudden converge on that one guy, and you feel like you are at the Super Bowl it's five minutes after you I, get done. I, inside
1: the Jets is supported a, by selective a insurance. Man, you got to check boxes. Re- response is everything, and
0: – like Shoes is talking about, people wanted your responses after the game. Not as much. People are, you know, what happens is if you mess up and they know <laughs> they're going to get something from you, they love to come to you. For me, I used to always sit here. At first, the first year I was here, was fine. They would to come here. They want to get a sound bite. Ha, ha, ha. The second year, San Antonio locker was next to mine. And I used to just be sitting there. Don't do it, Santonio. San oh, he did it. <laughs> the offensive line need to block. oh, man, Tony, don't give them what they want. You know, and that's the game you have to play, man. It's funny that, you know, you talk about the people in the media that, that were the biggest hypocrites. You know, me and um, and Randy Moss are members of the media now. But we're just trying to show you guys how to do it and add some balance to the, to, to the
3: craft. Oh, well, I need the lesson. <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate that. That is really benevolent of you to try to come over on hey, our man, don't side. Hey, be, man, don't be losing all those big words, man. I need a thesaurus. Yeah, we, <laughs> you'll <laughs> <we> be fine. <laughs> thesaurus is a big word. The, the fact that we never played. And that was always the th- And now you're going to come over to the media side and now show us in your benevolence at the end of your career how to do this job too. What well, it did. That is big of you. It, I it, appreciate that. You it
1: dropped did. benevolence on you twice. You're a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, man. Now, um, Bob Achusen has a lot of experience with this very show. Yeah. Because man. inside the Jets, you hosted for how many years? 15.
0: Oh, man. I took your job. F- I'm sorry. 15 years. No, yeah. Yeah, man. F-
3: 15 years. And I've got. Kids getting set to go to college, thanks. Oh, man. Listen, man. And swiping listen. the up. I,
0: I love your voice. You know, you talk about people that have great voices. You should do some voiceover work for like Pixar or something like that, man. I, I, you, you, you can give the world so many more gifts, man. You have one of the great voices. You, James Earl Jones. You know, wow. Wow. Yeah, Me, man. Darth Vader. Keep yeah. going. Man, I'm telling you, man. He, I, his I,
1: head's I, not going to fit through the door in the I, way I, out. I, James I, Earl Jones. What are you going to drop a, maybe Morgan Freeman on you? Yeah, he can, he can okay. be in that group. He can wow. be in that group. Right okay.
3: now, uh, right now the, my claim to fame is if you call the Jet Complex, I'm the voice of hold. Yes. <laughs> that's yes, you are. That, for me, that's as good as it gets. Uh, hey, that's where you start, man. You yeah. start there, man. We can, we can finish in Pixar.
1: Um, why has the chemistry been so good with you and
3: your partner, Marty Lyons? How could the chemistry be bad with Marty Lyons? Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't like Marty, then you're the problem. So the chemistry will never be a problem with Marty. How, He's as good a guy as there is. Uh, you guys are. We have a great time together.
1: You have a great time, but you're close personal friends as well. When he suffered a stroke in the summer and he wasn't in the booth with, booth with you during the preseason, uh, how difficult was that for you?
3: Well, you're just worried about him. I yeah. mean, once I knew he was okay, that was fine. But, and he called it, I guess other people called it a mild stroke. And I, people would ask me what happened. It's a mild stroke when it doesn't happen to you. It happens to you, it's a stroke. You get a stroke. And so that was an eye-opener for him. Um, But, you know, he's doing great. I mean, if you knew – or if you just met him, you know, right now and he walked in the room, you would have no idea that any of this happened. So he has made outwardly at least 100% recovery.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, it's so great uh, for him to be back. He didn't miss a regular season game and in the preseason – I thought Anthony Beck did a nice job filling in, and you showed him the ropes here. Hey, the Anthony Jets. does games
3: on ESPN, yeah. so he knows what he's doing.
1: Uh, uh, speaking of ESPN, what is a
3: typical work week like for Bob Wischus in the football season? Uh, well, this week, you know, I've already got information coming in for our game this week. We're doing Tennessee and LSU on Saturday night. And that, so some new- interesting storylines oh, there with yeah. Tennessee just dismissing. Yes. Jones. Yeah, the fire in the dumpster gets bigger and bigger every moment. There, long, long so, overdue. Yes, yeah, so uh, yeah, but you know, normally it's travel Thursday, right? Meetings Thursday night, meetings all day Friday. College game Saturday. Run to the airport, fly to wherever the Jets are. Do the game Sunday. Fly home with the Jets. But, but that's you, kind of the standard week.
1: You you talk about that like it's easy. Sometimes it's not easy getting to a Jets game. Nobody
3: show. wants to hear me complain about my job. Um, so. Is it Saturday night this week? This week's Saturday night because we have a bye. So, Oh, that's right. So I don't have to get to Uh, a jet game. Normally, it's a noon or 3.30 game because you're racing to get to whatever flight gets you to wherever these guys are, whether it's back here or on the road.
1: Right. So that will be nice for you this weekend. You'll be able to spend some
3: time with your family on Sunday. I will reintroduce (laughs) myself to my children. (laughs) And you have a few children. I've got more than – yeah, I've got a handful. Literally (laughs) literally a handful. Uh, Shoes
1: (laughs) – What were your uh, expectations for this Jets team entering the 2017 season? And and, uh, what do you think of where they
3: stand now at the bye? I think my expectations have basically colored how I've looked at every game this season, including yesterday. You know, I don't get caught up in yesterday's performance in a vacuum the way the media did today, where now it's a disaster and look at the opportunity they had in front of them. I've tried to look at this wide-angle lens since the start, and to me, I am thankful as the broadcaster. I thought we were going to see what we saw yesterday like ten times this year. Yesterday was the first. It's the first time this season that we have seen this offense look, to me, the way it's capable of looking any week. So the fact that they have been as productive as they've been, as competitive as they've been, the games of the fourth quarter have been as entertaining as they have been. Far exceeds what I expected this season. That's the way I'm looking at it. I still think their talent level is absolutely down in the we are rebuilding towards the future phase. Um, I've been saying this. I'll I'll get your take on this. I line up the whole league on the draft block, and you want to draft Aaron Rodgers first and Tom Brady second and Carson Wentz, whatever you want to do. How far down the list you get for your draft in a jet? How many guys are you going to take before you get to get, you know, you take a jet? Well, let, let me ask this question. How many giants would you draft before you take a jet? Uh, a decent that's, number. Well, that's, uh, that's
0: close. That's close because I, oh, think, I, not think, that I, close. I think Leonard Williams is one of the premier talents. Leonard Williams talents. is up there. I think he's one of the premier talents, and I think now okay. as the season's gone, people are starting to see Jamal Adams is one of those players too, one of these guys that are going to be a superstar. I mean, I remember once when I, when I saw Ed Reed his first year, you knew that he was a year or two away for being one of the upper echelon safeties in the game and getting his first Pro Bowl pro berth. But I think what's surprising me more than any is Marcus May. Yeah. Because I think at the end of the day, he may end up being the better pro. I think he may be the guy that's going to surprise where you're going to have to make a decision. Is this guy going to be the you know, our franchise you know, defensive you back? You probably
3: can't pay both of them.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Who do you, who well, do you that would be a good problem exactly. to have. That would be a good well, problem. Do- well down the road.
3: My, my point being, though. No, you're absolutely right. Like, the Giants – In a vacuum, have individual talent that more Giants are going to get drafted higher than Jets. To me, the Jets this season have been the quintessential example of the whole is better than the parts. That they have found a way to kind of be galvanized around this nobody thought we could even be competitive theme. And they are not only being competitive... They're giving themselves not only chances to win, but actually winning more games than anyone expected. They had fourth-quarter leads against both teams that were in the Super Bowl last year. No one expected that. So if I look at all of that, take all of that in, how do you then blow up yesterday as if they lost some type of golden opportunity to make a playoff run? You're not looking at what this season was always supposed to be about, wide-angle lens, if yesterday becomes the overriding negative that they changed the narrative of their entire season and blew it all yesterday?
1: No. Wide-angle well, no. an lens, what do you think, uh, with the, all that being said, what do you think about what Todd Bowles and his coaching staff have done this year?
3: Oh, the, the changes he has made to this coaching staff have made a major, major difference, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. You know, if they do end up bringing in what we all think they will next year, which is a young quarterback, yep. the offensive coordinator they have right now, that's the offensive coordinator you want in charge of that young quarterback. I mean, even, even just to give Todd credit for this, and this loops in the old coaching staff, he has gotten already the best out of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh McCown in their respective careers. Josh McCown never played as well for anyone as he has already played for the Jets this season. Ryan Fitzpatrick in his career has had one season of above 500 football as a starter. Two years ago with the Jets. Yep. So look at who his quarterbacks right. have been. And then judge what kind of a job you think he's done. Well, I think that the fan base still
0: get a little disappointed because you raise expectations as you see this team be competitive. And, you know, you know, sometimes we, we are victims of the moment. And you look at this, this Jets roster and how they perform, you know, I think it's based on energy and effort. And I think what was disappointing yesterday was the effort didn't seem it – was, it was the effort, but it, it wasn't the next level passion. It wasn't the enthusiasm. You know, that, you, that, that I have become accustomed to seeing yeah, throughout the year. Just didn't seem to have the juice, right? Yeah, exactly. And the, the going forward, how does this team take that type of enthusiasm and juice to the road, on the road? We've seen it. You know, sometimes you have to manufacture it on the road because the crowd is against you. So you either have to make them, the, the, the us against the world, yeah. but who's going to be that guy offensively? Because I think defensively, even though they didn't have the extra enthusiasm, I still think they performed. I think they just got tired, and I think they didn't make the plays that they needed well, let me, to make.
3: Let me go somewhere with you that obviously I shouldn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. You know about it. I don't, but this is what I think I see, that the Jets have to be at their absolute optimum level every single moment of every single game in order to win. I mean, when they have played their absolute best for the most part, that's when they've won. Even when they've been at their best, it's just getting competitive and then losing games late. No team does that. No team goes 16 games at their best all the time. Sure. But teams that have a different level of talent, the Eagles, who right now everyone is putting in the Super Bowl, they had to kick a 61-yard field goal at home at the gun to beat the Giants. That's right. They barely beat the Chargers. Uh, the Patriots were down 14 to the Jets. They had five wins by one possession. So, to me, that's where the talent difference comes into play, where you've got teams that don't play their best, find a way to win, because at some point they've got guys that can make a play and rise above the fact that they are not at their optimum level all the time. The Jets can't have any sag, you know, in any way in their effort level. Yesterday they had a sag. And yeah, they the, lost a really bland looking game. Because yeah. it's about making the, the necessary adjustments. And Mike Smith made the
0: necessary adjustments. And, you know, he was my linebacker coach with the Ravens. And he found something in their protection. And the Jets didn't really make the corrections until it was too late. That's why he kept seeing the free runners getting to Josh McCown after they only had. So, how eight much sides. of that was
3: on the offensive line yesterday? And how much of that was on other guys, either tight end or backs in protection, adjusting well, to those schemes?
0: Well, that's, that's just on scheme. And sometimes you have to, you know, adjust. As the game goes, the game is more about adjustment. I would like to see them. You know, we call it five zero. You know, our five, one, two, three, four, five is going to take their five. But what happens is when they bring in the linebacker, yep. then that's really six. And that's where the smoke and mirrors comes in. I would like to see them turn to protection. That way you can see these guys sneaking in the middle in the A-gaps. You know, the A-gap is the easiest way to get to the quarterback because even if you have a running back offset, it's hard for him to get there because you can't really cut the linebacker because as the linebacker comes, you cut him, he's going to fall right into the quarterback's knees and you, you're going to jeopardize your quarterback. You really don't have the angle to come across in front of the quarterback and stop the, stop the, stop the running because he's coming in a straight line, so he'll run through you. So uh, it's about making so, uh, the necessary jump. What I would have liked to have seen, the adjustment, I would have liked to see when, when an offense is struggling, yep. you have to change the tempo. So I would have liked to see them hurry up the pace, go to no huddle. You saw it late in the game. Yep. But you see it all the time with Ben Roethlisberger. Nobody has, has you know, beat me more, taken more from me than Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whenever Ben is struggling – Two-minute offense. Right. Let's go. Let's get in the rhythm. Let's speed up the pace. And they just seem to go at that same pace expecting a different result. Yeah. But yeah. You know, sometimes it
3: also takes two and three Bart Scotts to get Ben on the ground as opposed to one Bart Scott to get a Josh McCown on the ground. Yeah. Tampa's got a couple of Bart Scott kind of linebackers. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. You know, Levante, it's, it's, David, Quan Alexander are those kind of right. lo- undersized, sideline-to-sideline side missile kind of guys Those guys are tough to defend in blitz games. Three things happened on uh,
1: Sunday. I I thought the Jets obviously were losing the battle up front. The line was losing the battle. They're in the matchups. Levante David Mm -hmm. was fantastic. And for the first time all season, you saw Josh McCown never get into a rhythm over the course of 60 minutes.
0: He, he, he never seemed comfortable yesterday. Until they sped the tempo up. Yep. But it was too little too late. Right. Because when you change the tempo, then what happens is you get predictable defenses from the defense because the coach really can't change in and out personnel. Can't get a call in. Right. He can't get a call in, so they go to their safety calls. And their safety calls are usually a, 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 a man-to-man zone or some type of zone where everybody can see. And then – You can go into the personnel. When you think about the personnel that the Jets have in Safarian Jenkins, no matter if he's attached to the line of scrimmage or you remove him from the line of scrimmage, those, those pass rushers and those blitzers only got about six good plays in them before they start huffing and puffing, and then you can't really go with that. So you have to put them back on your heels. What happened yesterday? I feel like Tampa dictated the pace of the game to the offense, and and not the other way around. And, and they slowed it down offensively too. That's what
1: we
3: were talking four about qu- coming four, in. Yeah,
0: four quarters, man. I felt like I was watching Princeton play basketball.
3: Right. I twenty worked. passes before you shoot. I worked with Brock Heward. He was Peyton Manning's backup, college football wise. Every what, and a, what he, a great what a great job. The, way, right, holding the clipboard <laughs> for Peyton. Oh, what a great I job. mean, how good is that? So That's he a, said that nothing screwed with Peyton more then two linebackers up in the A-gaps with 10 on the play clock. Because he wanted play clock down all the way as far as he could take it. Can I get these guys to tip their hand? Can I diagnose what they're in? I've got 10 plays I can go to. I'm going to pick the right one. And it wasn't so much that he didn't know where they were coming from, but with 10 on the play clock or less, do I have enough time to get my protection lined up? Can I communicate to those five guys what I need to get across to them when now I've got – Nose guard or maybe like a like a zero one technique right. and two linebackers in the A-gaps? Absolutely. He was never, and obviously this is not something Peyton Manning was ever going to say as a player, yeah. but he did say behind closed doors to the guys in Indy, I wonder why more teams don't do that. Yeah. I wonder why more defensive coordinators we, we don't all time. see all the t- With Rex? Yeah. And you get all, all, all the time. The time. Why more defensive coordinators <laughs> don't see how those two guys on either side of the center are going to screw with what I want to do. You got another se- a segment in you? No, I'm leaving. Yeah, he's You're, out of here, you're leaving? No,
1: I'm out of here.
0: His course light is almost out of no, here. Man. No, no. Gotta...
1: Uh, we might keep him on for one more segment. We'll come right back. No, right, he's right. going Inside home, man. He's
0: got to go see his handful <laughs> of kids. <laughs>
1: Alright, outstanding show tonight. If you've missed the beginning, subscribe to the official Jets podcast and catch Inside the Jets in its entirety in the podcast app, NewYorkJets.com and SoundCloud. We're joined this week by Hall of Fame running back and former Jet Ladania Tomlinson as he takes Talks a little bit about his time with the Jets as well as well as how it feels to wear that gold uh, jacket. Ladanian Tomlinson, of course, inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame last August. Eric Allen alongside Bart Scott and the voice of the Jets, Bob in. Uh, one quick note before uh, we talk a little college football with Bob and look at what the Jets have remaining after the bye is this is uh, Robert's Last show with us tonight, who's uh, on the controls over here in the corner. You're not seeing him Uh, him at home, but please, everybody here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits, give Robert a great (laughs) round of applause. Also, Brittany's back in New York City. She does a tremendous job every week, and fortunately for us, she's not going anywhere, as far as I know. She bet not. All right, Shoes, uh, when you look at the Jets' schedule, um, what do you think after the bye? Uh, Carolina's coming to town, and then
3: the Kansas City Chiefs. Teams that are desperate for wins. I mean, yeah. now, now once we get to Thanksgiving and later, part knows this, money time in the NFL. Dash
0: for the you cash. Know,
3: that's exactly that's right. I mean, now you're trying to ra- I mean, Herm always used to call it a race to ten. Get to ten. If you get better than ten, you know you're in. Now you're talking about buys. You're talking about home field. Division titles, but now you're going to get a lot of teams that are going to be trying to do whatever they can to inch their way to that tenth win, and uh, and the Jets have a bunch of them on their schedule. This uh, Carolina offense is not
1: prolific by any means, but uh, Cam Newton can get it done on the ground. Defensively yeah. is where they make it happen, Bart.
0: They, they remind me of of all the Raven teams I were on. It's nothing flashy about what they do, but they will beat you up. Yeah, physically, mentally. I mean, they're aggressive right off the bus, and, you know, it's going to be tough because they're going to challenge your manhood. And it's one thing to break somebody mentally, but to break somebody physically, you know, it, it's tough to do. But they they thrive on that. They're a physical football team. You know, you talk about, you know, you know the great players they have. You talk about – I think about the linebackers, personnel.
1: Thomas Davis and Luke Kuechly. That's the first thing I'm, all, I'm always thinking I mean, about when you talk ju- about Carolina. Ju-
0: Julius Peppers, man. He, I, he's like 75 years old, man, but he's like Benjamin Button. He's still getting it in. He's still – you know, collapsing the pocket, he still can get to the quarterback. And, you know, he's that, he's that inspirational leader for them. Um, Carolina so far, uh, like I
1: said, uh, not gaudy numbers on the ground shoes. They, they come at you with Jonathan Stewart and Christian McCaffrey. But McCaffrey has become
3: a deadly weapon out of the backfield as a receiver. That's why they drafted him. Yeah. I mean, they drafted him to be a dual threat guy. He's not a between the tackles runner. Right. He's Danny Woodhead. He's Rex Burkhead. He's one of these guys that you are going to try to get on a matchup. How and he d- is a matchup nightmare. And so, yeah, I mean, how would you defend him? Well, you know, we, we,
0: we you know, that brings up another point. I, am remembered, uh, you know, I'm remembering the play in the game on Sunday where Demario Davis came up, and you have to make sure that if you're going to play around with the quarterback and try and you know give them certain looks, you got to be on on the same page with everybody on the field. You know, you got to chip a guy like him. You have to bracket him. You can't try and take away both sides. You can't take the outer way and the vertical way. you got to take one the other way. To do that, you got to have your buddy protect you. You know, so to do that, you got to make sure and say, okay, I'm going to take the out, and if he goes out and up, safety, you got him. If he crosses my face then, okay, you know, uh, Darren Lee, you come and take him. And you make sure that you make it predictable. You make him predict what he where, what he has to do. If he's
3: got a two-way go on a linebacker, that linebacker is going to be in big, big trouble. That's in anybody. You know
0: what I mean? And, 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 and what you want to do also, you want to try and force him to stay in. Because you know that they want to get him out, so you want to try and force him to have to be, you know, pick somebody up in pass protection. You give some all-out type of blitz type of thing, and they'll probably release him. But you want to try and put that pressure on him to make them have to make the decision to make him have to be physical. And if, if they realize that that's the game plan, they may take him out of the game.
1: How difficult is it uh, for a guy in your position, linebacker, or defensive end, or defensive uh, tackle, facing a guy like Newton who is an enormous man, who's tough to bring down, and who will tuck it and run.
0: Well, when you think about Cam Newton, you know, he has one of the quickest releases, but he's not, a, he's not a very accurate quarterback. So what you want to do is you want to play tight man-to-man, hoping that he's going to throw a ball, you know, not you know, exactly where it's supposed to be, and you can get an opportunity to get it. But what makes Cam Newton difficult is when you talk about the Tyrod Taylors, you talk about the Russell Wilsons of the world, you know, they don't have the height to see over the offensive line. So the same window, so you can stir the pocket and distort their vision, and they have to either move up and out or retreat back to try and get vision. Cam can sit in the pocket and still see over the defense to still deliver the ball. So that's what makes it a lot more difficult. But with that being said is he believes in his physicality and his physical gifts, so he's going to hold on to the ball. So it's going to be opportunities for guys to get the ball out of his hand, much like Ben Roethlisberger. You have to make sure that you attack his throwing arm because if you don't attack his throwing arm, then he's going to throw the ball even if you're taking him to the ground.
1: The sure shoes a real challenging six-game stretch to end the season. Like I mentioned, Carolina, then Kansas City, who was a complete balanced football team coming to MetLife Stadium, followed by trips to Denver, trips to New Orleans, a New Orleans team like we haven't seen in yeah, years. Saw this coming? They pound you. Yep. Uh, with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara is taking the NFL by storm. Then you host the Chargers on Christmas Eve, and and then you're in New England.
3: To me, again, this goes back to what I talked about at the start. Why I have looked at this wide-angle lens from the beginning. Back in April, everyone said, "How many wins do you think the Jets will have? Three, four, five, somewhere in that range." But if they win a few, they'll probably win them early. Look, they got Buffalo. They've got Cleveland. You know, they've got some games at the beginning that they feel like they can win. Then they won them early. And then all of a sudden, it became a completely warped set of expectations. And we got to get
1: out of here. We'll see you next week. He'll be back Enjoy. next week to finish his thought. <laughs>